and we're live with episode 104. Mike, I just wanted to comment. We don't have time because this is a very short mini episode, but I want to comment. I see bikes behind you now. Are those new bikes? They are. Yes, they're new bikes. Nice. We we will talk about them next week, but this this episode, we're going to be laser focused. I'm not going to (laughs) get distracted by stuff behind you. Um, you have been gone. You've been out of the country for what, 10 days, two yeah. weeks, yeah. somewhere in Just, there. Yeah. A week and a half. Yeah. So yeah, it was um, interesting. Disconnected yeah. for the most part. You, we didn't record any future chat this past weekend mm-hmm. and that was, that was going to be our post. That was in my mind. That was the, our post WWDC show. And so I ended up recording my own little, uh, review of this very bad galaxy tab that I have in front of me. And the week before that, you also weren't there. And that was going to be our pre-WWDC show. And it's this is all fine. So Nick and I recorded an episode of East Meets West. And that's in the can. That's done a long time ago. Um, but now we wanted to take a little bit of time tonight and talk about the stuff that, ha- that happened at WWDC from Apple. All the stuff they announced. The stuff that's most interesting to us and, and comment and discuss. Um, mainly because neither of us have had the chance to do so yet. And we've been itching to, and Nick does not care, and will will protest if we try to talk about it on Sunday during a real episode. <laughs> yeah, either way, you're going to get 20 minutes of silence from Nick. So exactly. May as well do it while he's not here. <laughs> may as well do it and not even really tell him, other than the <laughs> fact that we mentioned we wanted to do this. So you mentioned that you had some stuff you wanted to discuss, but you didn't actually get a chance to watch like it's a two hour keynote. Uh, but you've read a lot of the stuff that happened and you have yeah. some stuff to say. Meanwhile, I being the crazy person that I am, I watched the keynote a full two times. Uh, I, and I also watched the state of the union, which is the thing that happens in the afternoon. So the, the afternoon, uh, the, it's, it's almost like another keynote, but really for developers, like the morning one is they say it's for developers, like it's a developer conference, but really it's for the press and, and the public and they invite a bunch of people in the live stream. It. Yeah. It's the sexy one. Yeah. Although that being said, there was a bunch of crazy stuff that happened in the platform state of the union, which was crazy. Like they introduced uh, a new file system that they're putting out. They put out in beta. Like mm. it's been 20 years or something that they've had the same file system. And they introduced this new one in the background, the, the Apple file system. Yeah. In the, yeah. In the platform state of the union. Right. And so there, it, it's not like it was devoid of stuff. And there was a lot of interesting stuff. Like I'm not a developer. I've never developed any app. Uh, I've never even like written any amount of Swift or Objective C code, but I always like I listen to a lot of developer podcasts and I watch the de- de- uh, platform state of the union. I find this stuff so interesting, even if I haven't coded anything. But I think given our limited time here, we'll focus on the actual like the keynote address, the the morning part, that the uh, the interesting part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I don't know, did you have anything to say about the watch? Because that was the first thing, the first kind of platform they talked about. What, what, what To start with, for my and anyone who's listening. Sure, say, yeah. Why don't, why don't you go quickly go over what was announced regarding the watch? Because I know they, they announced OS 3, watch yeah, OS did. 3. Yeah. And there were some key functionality, potentially UI changes, if some I slight UI correctly, changes, yeah. that were welcomed. Yeah. by people who owned watches. Basically the 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 problem with the watch has always been 
yes, it's great for these one to two second interactions, uh, checking messages, for instance, not having to pull out your phone, being able to just kind of move your wrist and check the time. Uh, it still doesn't, as far as we know, it, this with new hardware, we may get this in the in the fall, but it still doesn't have the capability that Android Wear now has with newer devices to be able to keep the screen on with e-ink all the time. So you'd have the, the time always displayed. So you have to you have to rely on Apple's wrist uh, kind of gesture note, uh thing working properly to get you'd actually see the time if you turn your wrist over and look uh so that didn't change um hoping that the second generation of the watch hardware will enable them to do that uh a little bit better power management and better kind of processor in there but the the main thing that they did is they they made apps launch a lot faster the problem that everyone had with the watch is that a thing that was supposed to be a one or two second interaction aka faster than opening your phone ended up being a 10 to 1000 second interaction because the apps would kind of sit there on the loading screen and just kind of spin and spin and spin and never open or if if they did open you were already on your phone like doing the thing you needed to do <laughs> right and so that was just really frustrating and so they announced uh apps are going to open seven times quicker from from fresh but also you're going to be there's a dock now as opposed to having they had these things called glances where you could basically uh pin some functionality, the core functionality of an app to the, I believe the swipe up from the bottom gesture. So things like battery, things like there's a little control center to toggle airplane mode. Uh, any app you had could build a screen like that. Like if you had a music, music player or a podcast player or something like that, you'd be able to like play and pause from there. So they, they did away with those and they now have a thing called the dock, which is kind of analogous to iOS or to, to Mac OS, which is the other, uh, they renamed, uh, OS 10 to Mac OS. Um, but so they give you the dock, which has your 10 most used apps. So you can, you put your apps that you use the most in there and then those will stay open all the time. They'll be prioritized. And so not only will they open instantly, literally because they're already in the background. Um, but when you do actually check your watch information from those apps will have already been updated. So you don't have to sit there waiting for any loading screen. You'll be able to tap mm. on those apps or on complications uh, that come from those apps. And they'll already either have already updated the complication, or if you tap on the app, it'll open instantly, like literally because it just has to open the screen. And so everything is going to be a lot faster. That was the main thing. And they also repurposed uh they had when they introduced the watch first off they had this thing called the friends circle i think they called it but basically the the one button that wasn't the crown on the watch uh opened a little th screen with your friends and basically nobody ever used that and it was just like why all you could really do is send i messages or uh, heartbeats or call your tw top 12 friends or, and they introduced the ability to to add more circles but that was basically like a hub to message your friends and nobody ever used it and so they repurposed that single button from something nobody used to the to the dock to your 10 most okay. used apps and so the the goal i think is is to get you to rarely have to ever go to the honeycomb screen where they just have the basically your home screen where you're yeah. just gonna be able to pick from a network of of little circle icons and hopefully that'll make things a lot easier and a lot better for uh for watch users when yeah. i finally get one do they, I feel like I heard something about a functionality where they're implementing like a handwriting yes. feature yeah. where it's like a self-scrolling screen. This one screen. 
Android Wear introduced at, at I.O., they introduced a self-scrolling one. Oh, that was... Okay. Um, with the, the Apple's implementation of it is slightly different in that you just kind of write in place every time you lift your finger or every okay. time you like stop typing for a fraction of a second, it wipes that away and you write over top with the next letter. Okay. So same uh, idea. S- very similar yeah. idea and kind of the thing that both platforms were lacking up until a month ago. Right. Like this is the kind of thing that they were introduced. They were such obvious functionality eventually to get to, and they were introduced so close to each other. Neither company stole the idea from either right. other it's just, company. It's just like it was that obvious. Yeah, it's this obvious yeah. thing. But the the cool thing that I uh, I'm not actually sure if Android Wear can do this is they showed off in the demo live. Uh, the presenter drew a Chinese character and it and it translated that into actual uh, Chinese and she was able to send a message in in, in Chinese, Chinese from this okay. this handwritten keyboard. So that, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I know Chinese is a fairly technical language and it seemed like it was very good at kind of turning a scribbled character into the actual Chinese character. Right. So uh, that was kind of impressive, but not, not speaking Chinese or being able to understand it. Um, I'm not sure exactly how technically incredible that is. It, right. it could be very technically incredible. Or it could be like, yeah, a lot of things can do that now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, it seems like the theme or one of the big changes with, but I guess for that underwear and iOS or watch OS for that matter, yeah. is they're trying to allow someone to not have to go to their phone right. as much as they needed to before. Mm-hmm. Um, tr- trying to make it more of a fully interactive experience versus just a notification center that you right. eventually have to go to your phone for anyway. Yeah. So, so that's, that's good to see. Cause I think not, you won't necessarily want to have like use your watch for that purpose but you'd like to have the option to yeah. i think yeah so. another uh, interesting thing and again uh, to that point where you kind of want to just get in and get out um another so, so i don't have a watch i have tried them on several times i am getting one very soon and i i almost want to get one now like i want to get one now even though they're presumably launching new ones in the fall just because i i've never owned i've actually legitimately never owned a first generation apple product before it's just crazy that the timing worked out. They launched it, launched this watch in a, at a time point when I theoretically could have gotten it, but it was just a little too, um, unsure about my future career prospects. So I wasn't looking to drop a multi hundred dollar, uh, for, for that purchase. But, uh, yeah. So the other thing that they, they introduced that I think is really great be, because I can see this being a huge problem, even, even on my phone, sometimes it's a problem is that w- with the first couple generations of the watch software, you could be doing something in an app. And say, uh, well, first of all, they introduced, they added a reminders app, which was sorely needed just for like to do simple to do stuff. But also, uh, so you'd be doing a, like checking a map or something and you'd see you have to, oh, I have to turn left here. And then you'd go and you'd turn left and you'd walk up the next block and you'd be like, okay, where do I go next? And you'd raise your wrist to look at the map and it'd be back to the clock. And so now it's going to intelligently stay on the thing you were doing for a couple of minutes and it's going to try to do that based on how often you're checking it and all this. So it's going to try to say, okay, it's only been two and a half minutes. He's probably still looking for a map. He's probably not looking for the time. And so, or he's not looking to do some, some other thing. And so it's going to try to keep it on that screen. And I can see that as being really helpful. Like with, with the new reminders app, that's what they showed off is if you say you're doing groceries and you go and look at the thing and you check off, yeah, I got deli meat, I got cheese. And then you go walk down the next aisle. You'll want to see the rest of your groceries list. When you raise your wrist, you're not going to necessarily want to see the time. Right. And so, yeah, just ways to make interactions shorter and to make things fewer steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that that was the majority of stuff there. There's all kinds of 
uh, things for the watch that I think they're kind of having gone through the cycle several times now. I feel like there's a couple of glaring omissions that they didn't introduce during this uh, beta version. And it's mm. the kind of thing that where they're saving it up for a fall hardware launch because they want this new functionality. Like they talked about things like being able to not need a phone at all near it or being able to have its own cellular connection. That was one of the things that was rumored. But if you don't have if you're not launching the device that does that, like that has a SIM card built in and has a cellular uh, connection, then why would you talk about it? in the, in this event months before. Right. So that's the kind of thing where they've, where they've introduced like brand new camera features with a new phone because there was no, that, that didn't exist. They, the camera functionality didn't exist. Like they, when they introduced a new flash on the, one of the last couple iPhones, they, they had to talk about the new flash features in software at the hardware event because they were tied together. And so I, I see a couple things like that coming with the new watch that they right. just really can't talk about yet. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for that. And I am, I have to get one. Like, honestly, I see so much use for it every day. Like when I'm riding my bike, for instance, yeah, I put my phone in my backpack cause I don't want it like flying out of my pocket or anything. I just, it, it would be so great to be able to control music or podcasts or whatever playback yeah. without having to dig around. Yeah. yeah. I'll be honest with you. I almost, I was ready to buy a gear S2 when I was in Colombia because I was looking at it. Cause I, I almost bought one here mm-hmm. at the Samsung store, but they're like, Oh, this one doesn't have the eSIM in it. It's like, oh, they, okay. didn't, they didn't release that in Canada. And I'm like, why? It's like, there just wasn't enough interest. It's like, Oh, but internationally they have it. I'm like, okay. So then I'm in Colombia. I'm like, wait, I'm they international. Yeah. I, they, 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 they must have it here. <laughs> so I, you know, I go to whatever store and they have like a little Samsung display and they have the yeah. Gear S2 there, classic. And so we asked the guy, I was like, does this have the SIM? Like, oh no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, ah. Oh. This is the Canadian model. Come on. <laughs> but it's, I, I don't know. I don't know where to get one. I, yeah. Is it I, the States? I guess. I, I don't, Europe? Like, yeah. <sighs> it's, it's almost like, yeah, where is this? Where can I get this? Just give it to me, yeah. please. <laughs> we'll see. And, the tricky thing is because the original gear had the 3G connectivity with the micro SIM yeah. or nano SIM, I guess. Whereas this new gear S2 has the eSIM similar to the iPad where it's, it's yeah, the Apple SIM, they call it on hooked, the iPad. Yeah. S- same, same technology. Yeah. Um, but so you can't swap your SIM in and out right. with this. Whereas I'd want that capability because mm-hmm. I don't want to be paying a second data plan. Yeah. So. It it may not be the ideal situation for me to <laughs> begin not. with, but I was I was so close. I, was... <laughs> I almost I saw in Kijiji they had a I, like I really I got a rose gold iPad when they announced when they put out the new one. I really want to get a rose gold watch just because I think that it looks it's such a cool color and yeah. it's so different. Like it's it's something that I've never really had before, and yeah, but I haven't yet, and I'm yeah working on it. S- speaking of connectivity yeah siri there are some changes to siri there were some yeah there was a big change one big change to siri in that it's now got six different tasks that are open to developers to be able to tie in uh, i'm not going to try to name all of them but messages being one of them so things like uh facebook messenger or slack or hangouts or skype will be able to you'll be able to send messages if once they integrate that uh, there's things like ride booking, so Uber, Lyft, uh, things like that. Uh, I think, f- not but before fitness. you continue, there, there, yeah. I, so I there's, sorry, go ahead. 
but before you continue, it, is it just me or is it weird how every single functionality that's ever announced is like, now you can book an Uber easier. <laughs> now you can book an Uber like this. Now you can book an Uber from your watch, from your whatever. It's like, do people have that much trouble booking an Uber? Like, I, Yeah, I agree with you. That's the like the ubiquitous example yeah. of app functionality now. Well, it, in in a way, it's... I mean, it's not really for me. I've used Uber a few times and I really like it for those very specific situations where you need something like that. But yeah, it, it's a very easy thing that people traditionally, like kind of traditional media, traditional, the people you think about are like, man, like you either have to call a cab or you have to flag one down. But tech companies really like the thing where they can just show off like, oh, you just say call me a cat like call me an uber to your phone and a car will just show up and take you to wherever you need to go and you don't have to do anything else like people love that idea because it's <laughs> there's so such a minimal kind of energy barrier and you just get so much out of it whereas right. something like sending a message with your voice doesn't have that same appeal there's there's so little kind of legwork involved in sending a message but having a guy with a car or girl guy or girl show up with a car and then take you exactly where you need to go for very minimal money that you don't actually need to have cash for. That's that's the dream. That's like that's the future. But you're still going to need to interact with the app and say, "This is where I'm going." Yes, I'll accept that rate or <laughs> anything like that. It's like uh, anyway, just in, a in the idealized world, you just you just hit uh, Uber, please, and it yeah. one just shows up and takes you exactly. Like, well, it's like the same thing. Uh, people were saying, and I think they use the same example. Like when, whenever you talk about AI and voice assistants. They always, in the Google I.O. keynote, they said, uh, oh, you know, order, let's order Indian food. And the guy just goes, yeah, right. like, bring me some Indian food. It's, it's like, wait, what <laughs> kind like, of food? What do am you I getting? <laughs> How many people? <laughs> it's going to take so much, or like, order me flowers. And there's the kind of thing yeah. like, okay, what flower company is doing it? How much is it going to cost? Like, there's all these things that they kind of gloss over. Yeah. Even in the, that demo video that they ran like, for Google I.O. for the Google Home thing. It was so idealized. It was so shortened. Yeah. And it, it, it imagines that you have this perfect calendar when you're like, move my appointment to 2.30. Oh, yeah, because my, my flight's delayed. Like all this information has to already be in there. And they don't ever have the person being like, uh, add flight number 452 <laughs> to my calendar. No, 452. <laughs> like they don't, they don't I'm advertise. I'm sorry. There is no 452. <laughs> Please try again. <laughs> yeah. It, it's an idealized world. And, and they made it yeah. clear, like, uh, actually they made it clear, but I don't know that it was clear to everybody that that Google home video that they showed that they ran the, the little ad demo type thing. There was even text at the bottom that was like, this is not the shipping product. Like all sequences are shortened. This is a future vision. This isn't what the product is going to be like in the fall. This is like a someday thing. This is their vision for like two or three years down the road. It's not right. this fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that went over some people's heads, but people right. I think might be disappointed. Um, the, the cool thing about Siri up, updating though is that not only are they uh, adding the ability for developers to do this stuff, but Siri's handling the language processing. So you can ask for things in a variety of different ways with a variety of different sentence structures. And Siri will parse the things and pull out who you're sending a message to, what the content of the message is, uh, what language you're speaking. Like it'll pull all those things out, put them together, and then just send you the raw data, like the the very specific pieces of data that you need to actually send the message. And that's a cool thing that 
no other company has really done. Like from, from what I've heard, the Amazon Echo isn't available in Canada yet. But from what I've heard, it's nothing like that. Hmm. Uh, you have to talk almost like a command line. You have to be very robotic and linear about things or it won't necessarily do what you want. And so I'm interested to see how, how that works out and how developers incorporate it into their apps because people have been talking about wanting an API for Siri, which is, which is what this is for a really long time. And so it'll be interesting to see how quickly they get onto it and kind of how effective it is at doing what they say it's going to do. Right. And it's on the Mac. That, that was actually the original thing I was referring I know, to. I know it was. That's, <laughs> that's why I went all around. I was like, oh yeah, there's this big thing. And then through that, I knew about the, I knew about the APIs too. And I wanted to talk about it, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know how often I'm going to use Siri on the Mac. I often think about it, but then I often think about using voice, like either Cortana or yeah. uh, like Google Assistant on my, like just in Chrome. And I never do. Yeah. I've used Cortana before. Yeah. So it's actually come on accidentally in the past. <laughs> I'll be talking to Maria in the office and suddenly it says, Oh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I was like, what? Oh, I wasn't talking to you. I didn't actually ask. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're, uh, we're coming up on, on our half hour that we allotted here. Um, yeah. we should talk about iOS because that was, yeah. that was kind of the big thing. And first of all, I want to say, uh, to all the people out there, if you learn one thing from this, do not run iOS betas on your primary device. <laughs> Don't be like me. <laughs> Don't do what I did. I'm doing it for you. Uh, this is actually interestingly just popped up because I have, uh, I, I'm using a new feature in the beta that I'm running, uh, that don't copy me. Although it actually is fairly stable. So I would say if, if you're interested, go for it. <laughs> um, they introduced, uh, not only an, like they've always had alarms. You can set an alarm to wake up. They now have a thing that sleep apps tend to have, uh, where you can set a bedtime alarm. So it'll say, if you go to bed now, according to the time you have set for your morning alarm, you'll get seven hours of sleep or you'll get eight hours of sleep. Like you can set the amount of time you want to sleep oh, and the wake up time. Gotcha. Sure. Yeah. And it'll, and it'll be like, okay, well you need to go to bed now. And so it's nine 30 here. Uh, so it gives me the message on my lock screen, stay consistent, go to bed in 30 minutes to get seven hours of sleep. Uh, and I can press remind me in 10 minutes or I can press going to bed right. now and it'll, it, it tracks your sleep as well. So if I've noticed a couple of times, if I, if I turn the, um, if I turn the phone on in the middle of the night while I'm asleep or while I wake up from sleep, uh, and I go into the sleep stats the next morning, I can see there's a little gap, like it knows that I woke up and used it. And so it oh, okay. r- removes that from my sleep, which is, right. it's something that like other sleep apps track that as well, but having it built in, uh, it sends that data to, um, like the health app as well. So it gives you sleep time okay. and it's going to be approximate because there's only so much kind of accuracy you can incorporate with that. It doesn't use the microphone or it doesn't use any motion sensors like a lot of other sleep apps do. It's very rudimentary, but I mean, it's a good start. And the fact that it's built in means I'm much more like, like people are much more likely to use it. You open the clock app and it's just sitting there in the middle. And uh, yeah, it, it's, I've been using it and I turned off my, so I turned off my just plain alarm and I've just been using this, this sleep one. I don't know if there's anything worse than setting your alarm and then it says, your alarm has been set to go off in four hours and 25. And it's like, no! Oh, God. <laughs> what have I done to myself? <laughs> Why? Why did I stay up so late? <laughs> so I can, I can appreciate why you'd want to make sure you're actually aware of how much sleep you're going to get. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows like, oh, it's late, we should go to bed. But you don't realize how little sleep you're going to get <laughs> until you actually... Until that, yeah. Until, yeah. But 
one of the things I want to address just quickly is yeah, sure. one of the th- iOS changes was, I believe, lock screen functionality that mm-hmm. apps could do a lot more from the lock screen. Yes. As far as interacting with them, uh, input and, and that kind of thing. Because Android's had lock screens are probably one of the more open things that Android has. Like you can load custom lock screens that do a whole ton of stuff. Yeah. You know, reply from them and have different widgets and whatnot. But iOS is very different. Like it basically just shows your notification center and, yeah. and that's it. But the new iOS 10 is going to have the ability to do more interactions with apps yes. from the lock screen. Correct? Yeah. So in specific ways. Um, so yeah, th- with new devices, like new devices that have uh, 3D touch, you'll be able to like long press or hard press onto an event and it'll kind of pop up with more detail depending. This is the kind of thing that people were worried about privacy and security. This is a, a toggle you can set to allow th- apps to get kind of get, let their information through to the lock screen or not. Uh, I never really have worried about it, but so they give you kind of this card interface as opposed to the regular just sort of plain uh, lock screen. And they've also moved... Uh, the, you, we basically like iOS basically has widgets now. They're just not movable at the moment. Although they, I can see them like they're all basically one row of icons tall or maybe one and a half rows of icons tall. And so I can see them making them available at some point, a couple of years down the line on actual kind of home screens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can access them on the lock screen. Like I can open, there's a weather widget that shows up on my lock screen that I just have to swipe over to the side and like reminders and all that kind of stuff it's all literally on your lock screen now and it, it's just a matter of going in and and seeing it so it, it's interesting um i'm not sure exactly how much i'm going to use it it's going to depend like right now it just literally moved all the today widgets and copied them exactly coded as they are into this new format so some of them are hideously broken which is right. to be expected but it'll be interesting to see how developers use that and because i can see it being very nice to take advantage of it if you don't actually have to unlock your phone to see when the next bus is coming uh or you don't have to like hit the button and then swipe down and then swipe over if you can just like press the button on the lock screen and then flip to the side and see the thing like it's it's much fewer actions yeah and yeah so (laughs) interestingly that brings up the other thing that nobody has uh really saw coming and they didn't even really talk about it in the keynote is that you don't swipe to unlock your phone anymore it's not a thing you now it now says when you tap the button uh and don't do anything it now gives a little pop-up that says if you try to swipe it gives a little pop-up that says press home to unlock and so you press home and ideally that finger that you press home with will be set up if you have touch id will be set up to open it and so that's what i've been doing since i've been on this beta for a week week now approximately is just you just literally press the home button you can see what's going on and then you just press it again with whatever thing has touch id and it just unlocks so it's i I feel there's going to be a lot of pocket unlocks with that but it needs your fingerprint oh okay yeah if you don't have touch id and you push the home button twice in quick succession then it would theoretically unlock but i've also like when you don't have a passcode or anything on there are swipe to unlocks in the pocket like you just have to right. brush against the screen so this okay in theory it's pretty hard to push the home button automatically in yeah. theory <laughs> probably probably no harder yeah. than swiping exactly in your pocket yeah but uh yeah there 
I don't know. So did you have any other questions about uh, iOS 10 or things, other things you wanted to talk about? No, I, I think like I listened to the, the ATP. Um, yeah. WWDC, at least I'm about halfway through it or three quarters of the way through it. Mm-hmm. And, and they were kind of wondering why more wasn't announced. And I think like you were saying, they're waiting for the hardware announcements. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a whole discussion on speculation of the changes to the keyboard and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff with the, the fingerprint and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's, I think we'll definitely see a lot more once the hardware starts coming out, but. Mm. I think this this WWDC uh, gave a lot. I think I'd, I'd say both the IO and WWDC were successful events. Yeah, like they weren't like wow, but it was it was like oh that's cool. Like I think there was a lot. Like I think the regular media was kind of bored by it, but everything I've heard from every without exception, every developer was amazed and like blown away by all the stuff they announced. So I think it's the mat, it's a matter of people not necessarily seeing what is going to be coming. And this isn't necessarily like the media gets invited because they, it's an Apple event and they all want to get invited, but it doesn't mean that everything is going to be exciting to everyone. But developers having all these special pow- new powers to add to their apps is going to make things pretty exciting in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I'm trying to think of anything else major. The, I know the messages got a bunch of big updates that now I'm just sitting here like, you can do uh, digital touch drawings to people or you can send stickers. People can build sticker packs. There's going to be an entire messaging app store. And there's a lot of cool features right now. I'm just sitting there like, I have no one to send these things to because they, nobody else is running iOS 10. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all in service of like making apps more powerful. Right. including messages and and letting people kind of in the same way that uh with allo you're able to kind of send an open table thing uh or like look up uh look up a restaurant or something and then just send it to the person directly in the conversation you'll be able to like open table will be able to create cards that you'll be able to just send to people in messages and it'll give this rich thing right. and uh so it's a lot of the similar kind of idea just from a different perspective like from a more personal perspective you don't need a bot in the conversation you'll be able to have sandboxed apps that you can go and access and then throw information in into a chat i think one of the big things that people appreciate unknowingly perhaps is making os's more open Mm -hmm. and allowing for more creativity and and functionality enhancements and whatnot from outside like third parties, not yeah. from Apple directly yeah. necessarily, but saying, Hey, we're going to let you do this. Go crazy. Yeah. And, and see what you come up with because that's really how innovation works. Yeah. And, you can't you know, do it all yourself in a closed room no. as much as they might try. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, in that case we have, uh, we've gone way over our 30 minutes uh, did you have any last words or should we save? We, we'll, we'll follow up on anything we missed yeah. on Sunday, but I think this is a good kind of half hour teaser taster for us to just get our preliminary thoughts out. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, in that case, uh, any listeners who have not subscribed to the show yet, head to unwindmedia.com slash future chat. Obviously, uh, we be- we'll be back uh, on Sunday with a full episode. And uh, for now, I'll say see you later, Mike. Ciao.